0: Well, it's great to be here with you, great to be worshiping with you, and we are closing out a sermon series here. We've been in it this month of June, and uh, we're talking about our God as our safety and our security. We're talking about our God as a mighty fortress, a mighty fortress, and so what we've done is each of the psalms that we've been preaching through uses that phrase about God as a fortress or a mighty fortress. And we've been talking through several of those different Psalms, looking at the greatness of our God and how we can respond to Him in the midst of heartache. That's where we're walking through. What does it look like for your God to be celebrated by you in the midst of struggle? He is a mighty fortress. He can be leaned on. He can be trusted in. And so we started in Psalm 46. We spent two weeks there as we just looked in detail at what it is to behold your God, be in awe of your God. And then be still, literally meaning not pushing against, but dropping your arms, not fighting. Not pushing and fighting against your God, but letting him lead. Be still before your God. And so that was Psalm 46. And then last week we looked at Psalm 18. And the the truth of our God is our rock and our salvation, our stronghold, our fortress, that we can lean on him and count on him in the midst of heartache and struggle. God's got a plan hang on. And when you put all these together, God Almighty walking with us through the ups and the downs of life, He is our fortress. And man, as you wrap all these together, we're going to be looking today at Psalm 62. There are times where we face troubles or struggles, where we don't get what's going on. And, And this is going to be a passage we look at today that very clearly is talking about where we get our hope, where we get our Waiting in our patience and our hope in Him. And so today, let's learn to hope in our God. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 62. "The fortress, the one that can be trusted, our hope." All right? Turn with me to Psalm 62. We'll start in verse one. We're going to actually go through the whole of the psalm here today. So the first point in hoping in our God is that we wait patiently, resting in your God. As he provides in his perfect timing, wait patiently, resting in your God as he provides in his perfect timing. That can be some of the hardest waiting there is, right? Because we're like, I have my perfect timing and you're not really lining up with it, God. And so help me understand what's going on here, right? And this is all about waiting for his perfect timing, So let's just dive in. We'll start in verse 1 here. Remember, in every psalm, as you dive in, there's a little bit of context given right there with the big chapter numbers. gives you a little explanation of this psalm and who it was written by and who it was written to. And you can see here, this is a Psalm of David, another one of those songs written for celebration and who God is. And uh, the details of when and how this was written, there's a little bit of discussion about, so we're not gonna dive into all of that. I'll just say, David went through a lot, and this is David reflecting back on all that God had done in his life and the hope that he could have in him. He starts out, he says, For God alone, My soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Okay, he starts out, for God alone. Uh, Alone. Everybody just say, "alone." alone. Like meaning no one else. It is God and God alone. It is him only. For God alone, my soul Waits in silence. Now, this word soul here, this is the word nephesh in the Old Testament. It means this whole inner part of you, the whole of you that thinks, that feels, and that wants, all of you inside that's banging. He says, that whole part of me inside, all of my emotions, all of my desires, all of my thoughts, wait in silence on God Almighty. Now, Wait in silence. In fact, in the original language, this is all it says. It says, for God alone, my soul, silent. That's what it actually says. It doesn't have the word wait there. It's all implied. It's saying, I'm hanging on. There's a calmness. There's a sereneness. There's a hoping in. There's a silence of my soul I am not pushing against. This is so much like the word be still, right? It has everything to do with not fighting your God, but letting him have his way. You're longing for God to lead. It says, for God alone, the whole inner part of me will not fight. I'm going to allow you to lead, God. Silent on this. You have all the say for God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He's like, man, I'm just telling you I have watched over and over and over again where God has done an amazing work in my life, where there's been a battle that I've been in, there's been a war that has been at hand, where someone is trying to kill me, and God has a statement. This is King David, the king of Israel, speaking. And he's like, he is my salvation. Now, this Here is speaking very specifically to physical salvations from all these different wars and risks of life along the way, all those different salvations. But we know now after the cross, as we look back, he is also our spiritual salvation, our eternal salvation, our hope for all of life. And all of God's people said, it's a huge deal. And he's like, let's make sure we get this super clear. My soul will not battle against the one who brings me salvation. I will hang on, and I will wait, and I will watch you work. He says, he alone, everybody say alone. Alone. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is the one who is my foundation, my anchor, the source of my hope. He is the one who brings me the safety and the security, the provision. He pulls me through those hard, tough times. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. And here's where we get the name of the series that we're in, Mighty Fortress. The word fortress, it literally means that high ground that is impenetrable. It is completely safe. You have God Almighty protecting, and as you come with Him, you have absolute security in Him. He alone My soul waits for, and he alone I will find to be my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. I shall not be greatly shaken. Like the forces are going to come against me. I shall not be greatly, notice it says greatly shaken. Like it might get to me a little bit. There might be moments where I actually blink a bit and I'm wondering what's going on and I'm trying to figure things out, but I will not be greatly shaken. I will hang in there with my God. Nothing will pull me away from Him. I will not be greatly shaken. Why? Well, because my eyes are fixed on the one who is king of the universe and all of God's people said. See, it's so easy for us to fix our eyes on the problem and all of a sudden we get shaken quickly and deeply. But this is about fixing your eyes on the one who is Savior, the one who is King, the one who speaks and it is, the one who Him alone should be trusted for it all. It says, I will not be greatly shaken as I let Him be my rock alone. He says then, how long Will all of you attack a man to batter him? How long are you going to come after me? This is King David talking, and so now we can tell this is a little bit of his discussion of some of those people who have gone sideways against him. This is a discussion of those people who have decided, I want him out of his kingship and dead would be fine. I'm going to come after him with all I've got. And as they're going after David, he's like, I feel like you're battering me battering, like hitting and pummeling, running at and hammering and knocking down. You're battering me. How long are you going to keep doing this? He says, like a leaning wall or a tottering fence. It's like, I'm just telling you this, I feel weak. Like a leaning wall or a tottering fence. Have you ever walked past a neighbor's yard? The fence is like, it's going six different ways at once. It's all just kind of hanging there. And he's like, I'm telling you, that's what I felt like. I felt like my fence was all over the place. I'm about ready to collapse, and you're coming in, and you're trying to push me down. How long are you going to attack me? Notice that he said, my God alone is who I'm going to wait on, and yet he's very aware of the description of the problem. It's not wrong for you to know what's hard in your life. It's not wrong for you to grasp and understand what the struggle is, what brings tears to your eyes, what's making you falter. It's how you handle that next that's everything. And he's like, man, how long are you going to keep pushing me and how long are you going to keep trying to knock me down? The only plan to thrust him down from his high position, they only plan to knock him out of his position and take what is currently his. They're trying to take his kingship. He's like, I'm telling you, I'm in a spot where I'm about ready to lose it all. I feel like I'm wobbling all over the place. I'm looking to one God, my God alone, who rules everything. They take pleasure in falsehood. They love to use the tools of Satan. Please recognize that there are tools of God Almighty and there are tools of Satan, and we must make sure that we fall on the side of using the tools that are of the King, of God Almighty. And the tools of Satan, he loves to bring deception. He loves to bring the lie. He loves to bring the crass, harsh, tear-down language. The things that have nothing to do with honoring God and have really nothing to do with reality to bring falsehood. And he's like, I'm just telling you, these guys are bringing lies with all they've got. Their goal is to tear down with the word. Maybe you have something like that going on in your life. Maybe you have friends or family or somebody that is tearing down with things that aren't even true. Know this, man. We serve the king of the universe who is the God of truth. And as we lean on him and as we trust in him and as we hope in him, God does honor that in the long run. And don't get your eyes all confused as you're staring only at the one who's doing it all wrong. Don't sweat it, man. They'll bring tools that hurt, but they don't last because of our God. He said, they take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Right? The scriptures also say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, but it doesn't say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks the same thing all the time with all people, right? And, and people that are leaning into falsehood, they're like, I'm just telling you out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth spews the reality privately over here, but with you, I fake it, I hide it, I pull it down, falseness comes out, I am blessing you to your face, I am cursing you behind your back, and... Uh, Amen. Just a little quick challenge here. Do you have friends that bless you to your face and attack you to your back? uh, Hey, high school kids, college kids, make sure you choose friends well. Choose friends, and by friend I mean someone you lean on, right? It's one thing to have a ministry where you're reaching out to somebody to care for them and their heartache. But a friend is someone you lean on. Man, make sure you are leaning on someone who is honoring God Almighty, who brings the truth and the reality. Who loves you and cares for you and at times might even share a hard word with you to make sure that you're in the right spot. Those are real friends. Ready? And all of God's people said. He's like, these people are lying all over the place. They're tearing me down. They try to bless me to my face, but they curse me behind my back. And then he ends with the word Selah. What a weird spot for a rest, right? The word Selah literally means rest in this. And you have to put the whole of it together. If you work backwards, he's like, there are people beating me down from all sides. It's coming from everywhere. It is unfair. It's ridiculous. I shouldn't be leaning on them at all. They're trying to steal from me. Now back to the first paragraph. But I will lean on God alone. Selah. Literally, that word means rest in this. And uh, it's not really clear if it's a musical term or a poetic term, but you see it all over the Psalms. Truly a call to rest in the midst of it. Now he goes into the hope in it. He says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. Now go back to the first verse, read the first verse real carefully. Go ahead and read the first verse. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. Current condition, that's where I'm at. My soul is currently waiting. Now look at this verse. For God alone, oh, my soul, wait in silence. He's beginning to talk to himself. Have you ever been in the middle of a hard problem that is pressing in on you and you're like, all right, all right, all right, I got this. God, I'm leaning on you. Lord, I'm trusting you. You have this. This problem is, it hurts. And I, and I don't want to go through it, but I'm leaning on it with you and I'm trusting in you, God. You've got this. And then it starts hitting you harder and harder and harder. And all of a sudden, you start noticing that you aren't leaning on God much anymore at all. And he's like, hang on. I, hey, oh, my soul, wait on him in silence. Get with him now. This is self-talk going on, and our self-talk is super important, and man, if your self-talk is you're walking around going, I don't know where God is at all in this, and I don't know what's happening in this, and God, what are you thinking by this, and you're such a moron for even believing this, and what are you doing with, if your self-talk is tearing you down and dissing on God, I'm telling you, your days of waiting in silence before your God are numbered. That comes to an end, okay? Okay? And hear me, man, David is like, I'm standing here, and I'm getting hit, and it's getting hard to stand here. Kick the self-talk up, and the self-talk speaks to worship. God, you are awesome, and I'm going to wait on you alone. Hang in there, man. God, I'm waiting in silence right now. Oh, my soul, do not step away. May all that I think, may all that I feel, may all that I want be turned back to you, God. Please help this problem to not distract my worship. Your self-talk is the most language you hear from any person in the entire week. Did you know that? You talk to yourself all the time. And yes, that makes you weird, right? But we're all weird, right? And all week long, we're chatting with ourselves about what's not right and what is right and what should be and what shouldn't be and where we should go and who God is and who God isn't and who I am and, and we're chatting. Make sure your self-talk aligns with God's word and the truth of who he is. Make sure you're grasping and encouraging your soul to wait in silence on your God. To wait in silence on the one who has it in hand. He says, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. My salvation and my hope come from the king. Can you hear the self-talk now? He's like, come on, man, you remember how this went down. You remember what good went on. My hope comes from this God, and I will stand with him. My hope is from him. He only Is my rock and my salvation. Notice before it said He alone. Now here it says He only. Everybody say only. God and God alone. He only is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Remember the first time we read that phrase? He said, I shall not be greatly shaken. Now this time he says, I will not be shaken. In the beginning, he's like, I will not be greatly shaken. I'm not going to be like rattled to the core. I'm not. I'm not. And then all of a sudden, it starts rattling him, and it starts getting to him. And he's like, hang in there, oh my soul. Wait in silence. You get in there with your God, and you lean on him. You trust in him. He has it in hand. I will not be shaken. I'm not going to be moved off this point. My God will be worshiped. This is the end of the problem. I'm putting it in my God's hand. And whatever he chooses to do, then that's the way it is. I am waiting in silence. God, you've got this in in hand. I will be still. He says, on God rests my salvation and my glory. He's like, just so you know, any of the good things that happen to me, that's because of my God. Praise be my King. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Now, notice here the word God. This is actually the word Elohim. He's like, my mighty rock, my foundation, the one who I trust in. Well, he is Elohim, he is the one who can do anything. He is all-powerful, transcendent King. That is my mighty rock. That is my refuge. May God get all the glory. And are you in the middle of a battle? Are you in the middle of a struggle where waiting is getting hard and you can feel yourself faltering And it's time to begin to call out the big guns of self-talk that moves yourself to trusting and leaning on your king. God, I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. You alone are my hope. Are you ready to get there? This past week has been a crazy week of weather, hasn't it? I mean, this has been nuts. Our grass is really green, though. That's been nice. uh, But it's been amazing amounts of rain, and and, uh, on Wednesday, actually, I ended up going out and meeting with a couple. We went out for dinner uh, to a restaurant in the area. Okay, it was Portillo's. We went to Portillo's. (laughs) So we went to Portillo's and met there, and we were chatting about their wedding coming up, and uh, just some of the details that are going on, I'm going to be doing the wedding for them, and so we were walking through just a little bit of what they wanted in the wedding and some of the flow that it could be, and we're getting that locked down as we're enjoying a meal together by the way, I still only feel texture. I'm not necessarily tasting much, but Portillo's feels really good, okay? <laughs> so we're enjoying it there, and we're eating, and we're talking a little bit, and we're watching the clouds from the west rolling in. Do you remember Wednesday night storm? We're watching these clouds start rolling in, black, thick, heavy, dark, and we're like, It ain't going to last long, man. We need to probably finish up. And so as we're talking a little bit, they're rolling in more and more, and it's getting over us, and it's not raining. And I'm like, well, maybe we'll be okay, you know? It's actually a little bit higher clouds than I thought, and while it is dark in spots, it's not raining yet. And, And so we were finishing up, and we had just finished literally, okay, so great, sounds good. We'll stay in touch. And all of a sudden, one big drop hits the ground. We're sitting outside at Portillo's. They've got that kind of open patio area, but it is covered. And so we're watching the rain begin to hit. And the splashes are like bouncing up three to five inches into the air, splash up into the air off the ground, big, huge, heavy drops coming down one at a time. And then all of a sudden, it just cuts loose. And we are sitting underneath this overhang, and the wind is blowing so hard, and it's blowing at such an angle that it's not hitting us, it's hitting the end walls, and it's blowing out in there, and we're able to sit underneath and just watch this storm rage, man. It is coming down. And then at that point, you see people coming out of the restaurant, and they're like, it's time to go to our car, and then they start running out in this, and like, you take one step out, drenched, you know? (laughs) They step out in a whack, and they are fully wet, and they're running over, and I'm like, I ain't doing that. That's not the plan I want to be under, right? And so we're sitting there, and they said, what are you going to do? And I said, I think I'm going to pull up a chair and watch the storm for a bit, right? And so I pulled up a chair out there on the patio. They ended up saying me too. They went and got some shakes and came back out and some desserts, and we sat there together and watched some of the storm coming, and all of a sudden the wind shifts, and the rain starts coming into the patio, and we're like, terrible plan, right? (laughs) Right? So now we go inside and we're sitting inside at the tables watching this rain still come down in sheets. We are watching the storm unleash and we are waiting for a moment to get out. We're thinking things like, maybe it won't be that bad to drive in 70 mile an hour winds with rain hitting your windshield. Maybe that won't be that bad, right? Should I just run out into it and dare go after it? And maybe drenched isn't a bad thing. I needed a shower today again. And Maybe I should write all those kinds of thoughts running through your head of, should I just go after it? As we're looking at the rain coming down in torrents, we waited about an hour. We had a great chat together as we laughed and talked and continued to talk a little bit more about their wedding and things coming up and and enjoyed the time together. And then all of a sudden it went, lull. And we were like, love you guys, see ya, right? (laughs) So we jump out, we run out, we get into our cars and we start driving and I'm telling you, driving through just little moments of heavy rain, but little pockets of it only, a lot more sedate along the way, man, we were in the middle of a storm and we were waiting. And sometimes you are waiting and you start saying words like, maybe I shouldn't wait anymore. What storm is hitting your life? Are you in the middle of waiting? Man, please hear me. Talk to the soul. Wait in silence and hang on. There will be a lull in the storm. God has a plan. He knows what he's doing. He loves you with all he's got. He's got a power unmeasurable. Trust in him and watch God do amazing things in your life. The waiting on your king is essential. And all of God's people said, All right, that's the first step here is wait on him. Second, trust in God alone and prayerfully lean on him. Trust in God alone and prayerfully lean on him. We start in verse 8. It says, trust in him at all times, O people. Now, originally David was writing down, hey, I was waiting on him. Then he started the self-talk. "Oh, my soul, wait on him. Now he's shifting it out to all the people. He's like, here's what I've learned. Let me share it with you. Trust in him at all times, oh people. Don't walk away from your God, man. Hang on. He knows what he's doing. Pour out your heart before him man. get real with your God. Now, I've heard some people say getting real means that when you are upset and angry, you just go ahead and have a temper tantrum. And And uh, I'm just going to say, God's big enough to handle that, sure. But here's the thing, man. When you start practicing disgruntledness, when you start practicing a self-talk that is not worship, when you start tearing down God or tearing down yourself or tearing down others, it does have repercussions. Please hear me on that. And the idea of calling upon the Lord, we said this last week, call upon the Lord, not call out the Lord, right? Everybody hear the difference in that? Call out the Lord. You're wrong, God. Call upon the Lord. I'm wrong. This world is wrong. You're right, God. I'm leaning on you and I don't get which way it's going, but God, help me in the middle of this. That's calling upon the Lord. Getting real about the problem, real about your position and trusting rightly in your God. He's like, pour out your heart before him. Call upon the Lord. God is a refuge for us. God is a refuge, a safety, a security. When the enemy is coming at you, he is your place of hope. And then it says, Selah. Rest in that. God is your refuge. You can trust in him. He alone needs to be waited upon. Lean on him with all you've got. He then says some words here that continue on the process. And I just want to say this. If you're going to trust in the Lord, there's some great passages throughout Scripture on trusting. Honestly, a very simple one, a basic one. You've probably heard it before, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? Your own understanding. Hmm. You hear what that's saying? Trust in the Lord. He knows what he's doing. Don't lean on yourself. You kind of don't. Right? Like the blunt of it is we don't have it in hand as much as we'd like to think we do. And we're like, I've really grinded my head on this. I've thought a ton. I've got a lot of positional thought on it. And yeah, you probably still don't necessarily know a ton about it. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Here's a quote from John Piper. Our own understanding simply will not bear the full weight of reality. Our own understanding simply will not bear the full weight of reality. It was never intended to. It's a great quote by Piper about why we should not lean on our own understanding. It does not bear the full weight of reality and it was not intended to. God alone knows everything. We do not. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Remember, if we say trust, we've talked about this, the trust triangle, there are three pieces that are essential if you're going to trust in your God. He knows everything, right? Everybody say, he knows everything. He can do anything. Everybody say, he can do anything. Absolutely all-powerful, right? And he loves me with all he's got. Everybody just say, he loves me. Now put the three together. He knows all. He can do all. And he loves me unbelievably. That's when trust really starts rising up. He knows all. He can do all. And he loves me with all he's got. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Do I know all? Uh, Nope. Can I do all? Uh, Nope. Do I love myself? Yes. Yes right? And we always settle on that. We're like, I love myself the most. I think I can protect me the best. And be super careful with that. Make sure that we lean on our God who has it all in hand. And all of God's people said, trust. This is a huge call out. And he's saying, rest in that, the fact that he is so worth trusting. Then he says, those of low estate are but a breath. This word is amazing here, and we're going to see it twice over. He's going to speak about those without much money and those with much money. Low estate, that means poor. And the word breath here, this is the same word that you see in Ecclesiastes, the word that is translated meaninglessness, or some will translate it vanity. It's a word that literally means breath. That's why they translated it that way here. Picture yourself going out on a freezing cold morning, right? It's icy cold. You have to put a heavy coat on as you go outside just to stay a little bit warm. And as you step outside, you can feel your nose and your lips almost freeze right away, right? And then you're breathing out. You go, and you can see your breath come out like a fog and go up and just disappear. That's what he's talking about. Like that. And gone. Okay? It's the instantaneous goneness of it. And Ecclesiastes translated that meaninglessness or vanity. Here they just went with the exact literal word and let us come up with the significance behind it. But these of a low estate are but a breath, I'm telling you. He's like, "The poor are here for a short time, and But hang on, it's not just about the poor. He says, "Those of high estate are a delusion." And those with wealth behind them, there's just a a fleeting thought. It's a dream. It isn't even a reality. There's a thing you think about yourself. You're like, do you see how much I own? Do you see how important I am? It's a delusion. It isn't reality at all. It's the shortness and the brevity and the untrueness of it all. It's the same for poor and for rich. So now he starts lumping them together. He says, in the balances they go up. Literally in the balances, this is that balance, the old school style, right? Where you put a weight on one side and then you put the thing you're trying to weigh on the other. And when it's even, then you know what you've, you've got the weight on it. And he's like, just so you know, in this, they put them all on one side, everybody over here, all the poor, all the rich, all everybody who's not following after Christ. They're just leaning on their own wealth, whatever they have or don't have. And it just goes up. Meaning everything is more heavy than that. It carries no weight. That's what he's saying. Like, stop trusting in your riches. It doesn't get it done. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Have you ever tried to weigh a breath? That's some light stuff, right? He's like, does not carry weight. Watch out. Don't go after wealth. Don't go after position. It doesn't get it done. He says here, put no trust in extortion. Like, please don't lie to try to get it. Don't manipulate to try to get it. And uh, set no vain hopes on robbery. Don't look at what somebody else has and wish you could go get their thing. Going after their stuff and trying to take it and grab it. That's, everybody say, that's a terrible plan. I agree with you. Robbery is a bad plan. If, and if you're not getting anything out of church today, at least you got that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Robbery is a terrible plan. Was like I'm not going to go take somebody else's stuff. That doesn't get it done. And uh, he's like, please, wealth or lack of wealth is nothing. In the end, he says, even a fair warning, if riches increase, set not your heart on them. Isn't it so easy? where you're working hard and all of a sudden your name starts getting risen up in your company. You're starting to get a little bit of title. There's some appreciation for you. All of a sudden, there's a little more accolade. There's a little more money that starts rolling. Maybe there's a bonus that kicks in. There's some stock options that are a part of it. You're able to get after and buy a few things. Maybe you've got a car paid off. Maybe you've got a house. Maybe you've got all debts paid off and you're in this spot where you're like, do you see what I have done? And all of a sudden, you start leaning on You, watch out. It can be so deceptive and fleeting. When wealth comes, be thankful and appreciative of what God has provided and never, ever get confident in yourself and setting your heart on them. Don't make an idol of the wealth in front of you. Make sure you are worshiping Jesus Christ and him alone. The things that come in life are fleeting and short. Know it. Enjoy them in the moment. And make sure that God is celebrated as number one in your life. That's the plan. And all of God's people said. He's like, hear me on this. Let's start from the top. Wait on him. There will be people that come at you. It may hurt. It may be a time where it really makes you struggle. Continue to self-talk. Hang on. Hang on. Hang in there. Your God has this in hand. Wait on him. And then even one step further. Man, maybe God's even beginning to bless in. And as the wealth starts coming, it's, God, may I stand with you alone. This wealth is a nice thing for the moment, but you are for eternity. That is the hope. May we lean on our king and trust in him with all we've got. So, as most of you know, I uh, have obviously been through uh, surgery this past month. April 30th, we had the surgery, and it's been a number of weeks now and, and uh, doing a lot better. The dizziness has been gone for a couple weeks. Energies are coming up. Only need the chair a little bit on Sundays, right? It's just continuing to come up. Praise God for all that. And uh, this past week and a half or so, we ended up getting um, some of those bills in that come after having a surgery, and I mean, you know, to be real, this has been, like, there was a lot of meds, there was MRIs, there was a lot of chemical things that had to go on, there was a long surgery that had to go on, there was an extended stay in intermediate care, there were a lot of pieces that came into this, and uh, man, the bill ended up, uh, it was, was uh, $100,000 for the first go on things, right? And, uh, and we owed 750 bucks. praise God for that, Right? And uh, just so you know, we as a staff have invested in really good insurance, and the elders have definitely backed and approved that along the way, and we praise God for that, and all of God's people said, and uh, amen for Blue Cross Gold. And uh, so, hey, man, really great protection along the way, super appreciated, and while the vast majority of the weight of the cost was covered by Blue Cross and whatever contracts they have and whatever's going on there, a little bit was carried by me and uh, by us. Sorry about that. <laughs> by us. And, uh, and I'm just telling you this that is exactly the way it is in your walk with Christ. The majority of the weight is carried by your King, and a little bit will be carried by you. This is so essential to grasp, man. He lets just a little bit along the way touch where you're carrying that, and He has the vast majority. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And all of God's people said, he who went to the cross and died and rose did not deserve it. Him for me has given eternity to me. And he asks us to carry a little bit of this broken world along the way. And all of God's people said, wait in silence on the one who has it in hand. Our God is amazing. May we lean on him with all we've got and trust in him along the way. Simple question. So where does your trust need to come up? What area are you a little wobbly in? And the words shaken or greatly shaken may apply a little more. Where is it where you could start to lean on him more and lean on self less? Okay. Last, know that your all-powerful God will be so worth following. Know that your all-powerful God will be so worth following. And uh, it says here in verse 11, once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, and just so you know, this is a Hebrew poetry thing. So they give a number, and then they give the next number in line. And they're like, once this happened, twice I have... Right? And when that's happening, he's like, just so you know, this is sort of an all-encompassing truth. Another way to say it is, this is so true. Everybody just say the word so with a lot of emphasis. So. Right? Okay. That's what he's talking about. This is not just true. This is so true. Okay? That's what's being said. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. And all of God's people said, he can do anything. Are you hearing the trust triangle getting built right here? That power belongs to God. And that you, O Lord, to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. He can do anything and he loves eternally and unconditionally. He brings his steadfast love. In fact, that word in the original language, hesed, it means a love that does not terminate. God for you. He has this unbelievable, unquenchable, absolutely successful power and a total love for you. He loves you. With all he's got, he loves you. Your God loves you. Are you leaning on him and allowing him to lead? He says that power belongs to God and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. And if we're not careful when we read this, all of a sudden we're like, oh, it sounds like salvation is all just based on works. But in fact, if you jump to the New Testament, Romans chapter 2, verse 6, same phrase being used here that was used here in Psalm 62. He says, He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. To those who are leaning on Christ, waiting in silence. Remember, the end of this passage is talking about God rewarding and the beginning is talking about waiting in silence. Lean on your king. Watch God work. May your worship be what it's all about. And as you go after worshiping him and celebrating him, you will be in awe of him. And as he starts filling up your soul, man, naturally out of the middle of the soul, what spills out to the hands and to the feet and to the lips is these works that honor our God. It isn't about the externals looking a certain way. It is about our soul fully in alignment with our king and we're following after him. It will show on the outside, okay? A faith that saves is a faith that truly changes us. It will absolutely have impact. And that's what he's saying here. Man, I'm telling you, if you wait on him, God is gonna so fill your soul and it is gonna be of such value and you are gonna so worship that along the way, it's gonna naturally spill out. Are you in? Are you willing to lean on him, to count on him, knowing that God's got it in hand. He is our mighty fortress. And all of God's people said, he knows all, he can do all, and he loves you with all he's got. That is our king.